Welcome to Pease's Gabfest, a chapter-by-chapter, page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meeks. And today, we are analyzing The Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 6, Gilderoy Lockhart. This is minutes 31 to about 38 and a half of the film. Before we start gabbing, we want to give a quick spoiler warning because we will be using our vast knowledge of the Wizarding World to compare the page to the screen, which means we may gab about moments that happen later in the books or the films. So, you've been warned, Dickle Firsties. But first, a message from the Daily Prophet. No one wants to wait hours for a potion to brew. Ditch the cauldron and order a BlendJet 2 portable blender today. Sure to get you invited to Slughorn's parties, the BlendJet 2 makes blending so easy and convenient. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up your potions even while riding a broomstick. It's small enough to fit in your cloak, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like frozen fruit and lacewing flies with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning potion without waking up the whole common room. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. That, that's a muggle contraption. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. I really want to get the black one and add the Hufflepuff logo. Yes. Yeah, and I want a blue one so that it'll match, well, Ravenclaw, but also my kitchen counters. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, super important. It's yeah. got to match the ki- kitchen counters. It's nice and convenient if that can happen. Black goes with anything, so I think I'm good. Yeah, it's true. Well, what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and two free day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Welcome back, listeners. Today, I structured our script a little differently than we're used to because this chapter being converted to the film switched some things up, condensed some things, and moved things around. So I sort of have two main discussion points. The first being how the Howler and Herbology um, scenes were switched before we get into talking about the Defense Against the Dark Arts class. In addition, a whole scene with Colin Creevy was condensed and added to the Howler scene. So in the book, we have the Howler scene first, then Herbology, and then Colin Creevy. And then in the film, we open up this section of the film with Herbology before going to the Howler scene and being introduced to Colin. So what did you guys kind of think about how the film did this condensing and moving these things around to make the book scenes fit a film medium? Hmm. Or should I I say, did anything in particular stand out to you? Like, when you compare the two together... I feel like it's pretty obvious, like, like story-wise, like, story-driven. Like, it makes sense to have the Howler scene be next because they just said that they were going to have their parents be written to, and it would make sense that they would get a letter, like, almost immediately. Whereas in the movie, mm-hmm. it makes you feel like some time had passed before a response had showed up. And like Ron had like had been given some time to like kind of be like, oh, maybe they're not going to react. But then like, boom, they react kind of scenario. I'm not necessarily too sure why directively that was kind of chosen to be in the movie, because 
I wouldn't really imagine any reason for it to be that way, the way that it was. Like, I don't see a good explanation to put Herbology before before that. But I did like I did like how they put Colin Creevy into mm-hmm. um into the Howler scene and as kind of like a little condensed version of the chapter. I do think that was a good choice. I just don't understand the why put herbology before the howler. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's the part yeah. that kind of like I'm I'm like stuck on. That's the part that doesn't quite fit. Yeah, it's not like it me. even flowed well. Like it was still very choppy. Yeah. So I I'm not too sure uh, about it, but at, at least I at least it still got some elements of the chapter in there that I think kind of progressed the story forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, same. I, w- I just don't understand why they did it. It doesn't really make sense to me why they would have switched it around. Um, it, yeah, it's still shortened all like all of the scenes that they did put in are still condensed and shortened. And, um, it doesn't, it just doesn't, <laughs> I just don't know why. <laughs> it's at least not like bad. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the the choices that they made that peeve us. But overall, the the switch in scenes didn't necessarily hurt the story. It just doesn't mm-hmm. quite make sense why they would have done it. So it's just yeah, it'd be really interesting to interesting like decision. talk to the filmmakers and find out like what yeah what what was your reasoning behind it? Yeah, and whatever i guess but it just seems pretty pointless <laughs> so as the resident hufflepuff <laughs> the one thing that stood out to me is that justin finch fletchley was cut from the herbology class and instead replaced actually the hufflepuffs <laughs> i should say were cut from herbology and replaced with the slytherins which i kind of understand for film purposes you you know they have that Slytherin versus Gryffindor um competition but we are introduced to Justin later and but I wouldn't even call it an introduction like we are in this herbology class where he actually introduces himself yeah I I agree that like I get why they wanted to keep the Slytherins and Malfoy in versus Hufflepuffs because he's like a larger part of the storyline. But yeah, we're introduced to Justin later. So why why cut him out when he's going to be brought back? Because I feel like yeah. that makes less sense to have him cut out and then brought in for a big part for this story. He's a big part of it. So yeah, again, doesn't really make sense. Um like, I, I get it, but it, it still is kind of like, I just feel like it's just kind of short-sighted for them to do that. Yeah, I don't have any comments on that. No comments on Justice for Hufflepuff? No, because I want to save it for, <laughs> okay. uh, I want to save it for a comment that I'm going to be bringing up here in just a little bit. <laughs> I'm also saving some comments on missing or cutting out Lockhart's chat with Harry for later for my, for my peeve, (laughs) because um, there's a whole chat. Lockhart inserts himself into this scene and has a whole chat with Harry about being famous. And it's so funny and just shows his pomp business i i'm going in even though i said i'm going to save it for later but um and that's cut and that you know that's such a good example of his character yes definitely uh if there is anything about this chapter that is very watered down it's actually the namesake itself gildory lockhart exactly it's it's funny how the chapter is so much about him and yet in these series of events we don't really get a lot of him and so uh i think he he appears three times right he appears at herbology he appears right in the plaza and then he appears in the um defense against the dark arts class and so like 
he's a very prominent character and we get to see a lot of what motivates him and a lot about what he thinks of himself and a lot of what he thinks about his position as teacher right now and how he's using that. Um, and it, I think it's a very important character trait to get into for various reasons that I will um, be getting into later in the episode for sure. But uh, I really do think that it's kind of funny that he's actually a lot bigger of a character in the book than he was in the movie. And that's yes. kind of just more of like a, a, a distraught for the movie people because we're only really going to get him for this movie and that's it. Like he doesn't really ever, he comes back in the books, but he doesn't ever really come back in the movies. There's really no need for it. So why bring this character in if you're not going to fully utilize him to his potential and mm-hmm. just throw him away? It's it, it's kind of a tragedy, really. Yeah. Because if we all, the other, all the other Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers got that focus. He didn't. Mm, good point. Um, if we don't get the cameo in season five of Gilroy at St. Mungo's, I'm going to riot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree. It was such a such a good cameo in the books, and so I hope that with the show they'll allow that to happen. <laughs> Most definitely. But yeah, it is a good point to point out that we we get a focus on Professor Krull because he's the antagonist, Lupin because he's a friend of Harry's parents, mm-hmm. Moody because he's secretly the villain of of the of the movie uh but he's being this like little mentor to harry during the triwizard tournament dolores umbridge because she's the driving force against dumbledore for the movie mm-hmm. and snape because he he's a he's the half-blood prince and so we get a mm-hmm. huge focus on all these other defense against the dark arts teachers but lockhart doesn't get that that treatment like lockhart's just the just funny there guy for comedy relief yeah for for comedy relief he and we find out he has bad intentions because he likes fame so much he decided to wipe some people's memories that's it like we don't yeah. get to delve deep into that narcissistic character trope of what he is and it's kind of a tragedy if you think about it yeah and i think they were trying to focus on like the chamber of secrets part which obviously that's the title of the book but they were trying to focus on like that drama and that like that evil and stuff but yeah they cut out a lot of right i think what the movie producers considered fluff and like that wouldn't be interesting to an audience watching a film but it totally i think did a disservice to the film because they cut out so much good content that was in the book the reason why this is my peeve um, is because I feel like cutting all of this pompousness in the beginning makes the reveal of him wiping the memories to keep his fame fall flat in the film because you don't get all of this – you don't see all of this evidence of him liking the attention and craving that attention like you do specifically when he's talking to Harry about, Oh, a few people may have heard about you, but nobody knew me when I was 12. And it's just classic Gilderoy Lockhart. What about the part where he is like, Oh, you're famous because you like are the boy who lived, but I'm more famous than you because I won the charming week, like the charming smile (laughs) weekly award five times in a row. Yeah. Just classic narcissism. Most definitely. So another character that is pretty watered down from this chapter is Colin. And it's just such a cute interaction. And again, that's when we get more Gilderoy Lockhart. Um, But they they watered all of that down and just kind of put this random kid taking Harry's photo in the howler scene. So I'm I'm glad we established that he's watered down because... uh, this is where I'm going to kind of jump in in that justice for Hufflepuffs kind of scenario. So there are deleted scenes in oh. the movie, and we've finally reached another one, uh, and it involves Colin. So Colin does show up in the movie, and we get like 
he we get like the little interaction with him saying like hi harry how how you doing i'm colin creevy i'm in gryffindor too uh but in the deleted scene it's an extended version of the conversation he goes into Hmm. a little bit more about who he is about how his father is a milkman and he's like um, he's a muggle and he's taking these pictures because he wants to show his dad mad like how the magic world and and stuff like that uh i think he even has ron like i think he even tells ron like hey do you want to take a picture of me and harry uh so it's just like we he we delve deeper into who colin is which is going to mm-hmm. be a very continuous trope through the movie we there are multiple scenes where we're introduced to characters who are the who are the muggle-born victims of the basilisk but they aren't in the final cut of the movie. They're the deleted scenes. So Justin Finch Fletchley, who isn't introduced until um, way later into the dueling scene. It's a deleted scene in the dueling scene between Lockhart and Snape. Justin Finch Fletchley introduces himself to Harry and says, Hey, I'm Justin Finch Fletchley. I'm a muggle-born. I like he I'm like a big fan of yours and da, 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 which adds a little bit more depth to the fact that he later gets attacked by Harry when he's mm-hmm. trying to talk to the snake. And so there's and I think there's like a third student who I don't think gets petrified but like has a prominent role in the deleted scene doesn't ever get mentioned after that and so it's uh, it's very interesting that these few scenes are very cohesive like they connect to a storyline they make they they make the judgment call of these are muggle-borns and muggle-borns are being targeted but uh they decided to cut all of their intros where they're saying they're muggle-borns yeah, and that's just a prime example of why the show is going to be such a great medium for this story because there's going to be more time for them to keep these histories in and this, this yeah. these character developments in. I remember when they were – when well, after we saw the first show, first movie, and how much they cut out and I was like, oh, I wish that this could be a TV show instead because I knew that they mm-hmm. could do – you know, especially back then it was – most shows were 24 episodes, you know, sitcoms, 24 episodes. Right. And, stuff. and so I was like, oh my goodness, this, they would be able to keep so much more stuff in. They could make this into a whole TV show. So I'm so glad that they're, that they're finally doing that. Cause I think it's just going to mm-hmm. be, it's just going to be so much better. Agreed. Any other thoughts on the mumble jumble of the chapter before we move on to Defense Against the Dark Arts? I found it funny, the interaction between Ron and Draco. Like, the eat slugs whole scenario. Yes, like, because that comes later in the it film. It does. That line. At that least. line does come in later in the film. And it's kind of just interesting how he just, like, it's not, it wasn't a spell, it was more of a... Like a, it's, it was an insult. He was like, "Eat slugs, Malfoy," and I'm just like, "Huh, that's so weird." <laughs> I was, yeah, I noticed that too, James. I was just like, "This." They treat it in the movie as like a spell, but in, it's more like a, it's more like an insult, and so it makes me intrigued to see what the next chapter is because I haven't read the next chapter yet. I want to read the next chapter James. and see if it if he meant it as an insult or if he's trying to do a spell. Because it would be a little bit more funny to me if it was intended as an insult, but his wand backfires and that's why he's spitting up yes. slugs. I had the exact same thought. because I exact 100% same thought. And I was like, I really want to just move on to the next chapter because I remember that from the film, but don't remember exactly how it happened. Because it, he makes you, f- it makes you feel like it's, it's a spell that he's trying to do, but it backfires on him because exactly. his wand's broken. But in the book, it's mm-hmm. making it feel like it's an insult, and the insult is playing off of the fact that his wand's broken, so his wand thinks he's saying a spell, but then backfired. Like it makes it feel like a little bit more yeah. naturally comedic than how the movie handled it. Because in the movie, it's yeah. kind of just like, oh, Ron, silly Ron has a broken wand. He can't do spells. He should have known better. Whereas 
this is, feels a little bit more natural in the humor side and makes it re- makes you realize that the wand is broken. It has a mind of its own. Ron can't necessarily control what what it's it's trying mm-hmm. to channel into it. And so it thinks it's doing a spell when it really isn't and backfires. And that makes it more hilarious to me. Well, it'll be interesting to come back next week and touch base on this again. Cause I believe it's the next chapter yeah. that this, the back, the wand back crying happens. So we'll talk about that next week. Dun, dun, dun. Meeks, are you all set before going into data class? Um, well, I think I, I'm just looking at my notes. I think I'm, I have some just lightning round, like small things. Um, I just, I don't think that I have anything. Wait, did you say we're going into herbology class? We're going into yeah, uh, defense against the dark arts. Oh, um, Cornish pixies. Yeah, no, I don't, I only have some small things. So I'll just save them for my lightning round. I mean, herbology, oh, I think great. the herbology thing from movie to movie to thing was really just missing the Justin Finch Fletchley aspect of it. Right. I've mm-hmm. really and, and well Gildory Lockhart too obviously which we had talked about but like overall like the class itself was pretty straightforward and it was like almost a direct input into the thing so I don't really think there's much to talk about about that but Right I agree okay. each scene the howler the class was fine. It was just these characters being cut or watered down primarily. Ah, uh, the howler. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are introduced to Gilderoy as a professor in this next scene. Um, and it's just, again, classic Gilderoy being pompous and, and over his head with these pixies. Um, the one thing that does stand out is that the whole conversation about his quiz was cut and how Hermione, of course, gets a perfect score and is the only one that knows his favorite color is lilac. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's one of my notes that I wrote down is Hermione crushing I on Lockhart. it would be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, what I love about it is it's so unlike her character to to kind of right? fall into that sort of behavior um and so i love that that's put in to the book because it just makes it so funny i love when a character it's kind of it's like when mcgonagall like when she does the have a biscuit potter thing like on a smaller scale like it's just uncare it's kind of like gives you whiplash a little bit with and harry experience that he's like excuse me what like you know you're so strict and he's like in trouble but then she's like offering him a cookie and some um <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like how it's out of character for Hermione to do something like to crush on somebody. You know, she doesn't have time for that kind of thing. And um, Well, so, yeah, and I it just it. kind of shows how attractive and um, um, what's the word? Um, like, not flamboyant, but you are a great speaker and like you draw a crowd. Charismatic. Charismatic, thank you. It just shows how attractive and charismatic this man is that even Hermione is swooning over him. Yeah. Yeah. The dude does have talent. (laughs) So, do you want to know what the second deleted scene of this episode is? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Is it the quiz? It is the quiz. So see, it's the thing. It's like all of this stuff is cut from the chapter. They filmed it. I don't they understand why did. they wouldn't just add it. So we start the scene off with him entering the thing and saying, "Hello, everybody. We're going to take a quiz. I'm Gilderoy Lockhart. You're, you're, you know, we're, we're going to see how well you read your books." And he starts passing out the quiz, and like Hermione and Hannah Abbott are sitting right next to each other and they're all like giddy kind of thing. I'm like, Oh my goodness, he passed me a paper. And then like he passes it to Ron <laughs> and Harry who are like at the table right behind them. And they're both reading it. And it's like, all these questions are about him. And they're like, what is his favorite color? What is my secret ambition? Like they're kind of just like, what is this? And they're just they're reading the questions off of the quiz that were included into the book, and so it's just like they're very confused. And then he walks up and says, "You all have thirty minutes. You may begin now." And then it transitions to him grading the quizzes, 
Um, mm. And he's just like, most none of you got the fact that I like did this and this and this. Ah, but Miss Hermione Granger, da da da, and like he goes into like the Hermione Granger thing, and it's just like, ah, she remembered that my favorite color was lilac, uh, and so it's just it 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 made a seamless transition into the Cornish Pixie scene. Mm. Like when you put it together, like it's a seamless transition. It doesn't like it's not jarring at all. Like he finishes up the quizzes, and then he taps on the the bird the bird cage full of the Cornish Pixies and starts that entire thing boom there it is and so it's just uh it's very interesting how they decided that that was the part that cut which i kind of can see on an editing floor like why that would be but cut. still that's the pompousness of yeah, it yeah but like, it was wait. full of what we wanted out of him and yet we didn't get yeah. that it is nice that, that you say that, though, because when I was watching the film, I'm like, man, it seems like it's a five-minute class. Like, he's just like, here's the pixies. And, yes, it was chaos, and he dipped out. But having the quiz part and him saying specifically you have 30 minutes adds to, you know, what you would think is an hour-long class and makes the pixie scene seem like, okay, that makes way more sense that they're not just, like, rushing out of class and then have an hour to kill till their next <laughs> class. Our teacher ran away, so uh, we have some free time. Let's go. Right. Yeah, I mean, I understand that they would want, you know, they just, I'm sure, felt like, oh, this this stuff with Lockhart, like, it's just kind of funny, but it's not, like, that important. But I don't think that they really realized how much whenever they flatten out a character, it, like, really, really changes things for the whole rest of the, the movie. So... Once again, hopefully with the film or with the TV show, then they'll keep that in. They keep all the fluffy parts, um, the fluffy, pompous parts of Lockhart (laughs) and, you know, and they can just keep his character a little bit more full, which will help with the rest of the storyline. Except for everything being cut. I thought it was a great um, adaptation from page to screen. I just wish a lot more was included, which, you know, that's the whole point of our podcast is. We are excited to see what the show can do that the film could not. Yep. And so I'm I'm excited to see what this episode of the series in, you know, two, five years from now <laughs> will look like. Definitely. No, so um, I guess now will be a good time for me to kind of s- submit my thoughts on something that I read during this chapter. And uh, I am really loving this official unofficial guide this official unofficial guide uh to to the harry potter series um because it's got some really good like concepts and thoughts into it but it brought up there's a section specifically about gilderoy lockhart and like his character and what like he brings to the table which is why i made those comments about how he feels very underrated now because compared to every other defense against the dark arts teacher he's just unlike comedic relief kind of scenario but he he had a purpose and he was introduced for a reason and it's very interesting that that wasn't translated into the adaptation of the movie but in this book we get two characters that have the same flaw but two very different outcomes first being gilderoy lockhart and the second being tom riddle we are we're going to be exploring both of these characters in depth in the sense of how narcissistic they are their narcissism their their belief of who they are and who they who they are um the unofficial guide goes into gilderoy lockhart's background a little bit and it's very similar to um tom riddles in the sense that he was told that he was going to be a great wizard and he believed it. And when he went to Hogwarts, he was very underwhelmed with the experience in that he 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 did things to get attention. So Tom Riddle used his narcissism to gain power, whereas Gilderoy Lockhart just used it to gain fame. And so it. it you you take 
Gilderoy Lockhart into his narcissism and how he how he used his his desire to gain attention and to gain that gain the people fawning over him kind of scenario he he wanted that he 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 pursued things that did that to him at school it was easy but when he graduated it was a little bit harder and so until he discovered that he could use the memory charm to kind of make people see him as the person doing it kind of scenario uh, whereas Tom Riddle would became a little bit more secluded and he was just like, fine, if no one's going to appreciate what I can do, I'm going to earn, earn my merit and show them, show them the differently. I can, I can become more powerful. Uh, and it's no matter. It, I mean, it makes sense to me that he discovers that he's the heir of Slytherin and he discovers the chamber of secrets now because he's so, he was so hell bent on finding, ways to be a great wizard and to be the better wizard and to be the most powerful wizard because it fed that narcissism it fed that ability to go into it and so having those two characters as like complete to kind of show like where those paths lead is very interesting because we go back to the main character and what's the one thing that's been the most consistent thing he's been having to deal with up to this point and what he will continue to deal with up to this point is people thinking he's narcissistic. Gilderoy Lockhart starts that off with his conversation with him. Just like, Oh, Harry, you're seeking attention right now. How dare you? Snape thinks Ron and Harry are seeking attention. Everybody thought that they did the, the, they went into the car and traveled to Hogwarts because they they were trying to do something cool. When they right. discover the heir of Slytherin, everybody thinks that Harry's the heir of Slytherin, and that he's showing off because he's trying to be this next cool great wizard kind of scenario. So it it it's very interesting to see that these the two most popular character not popular the two most prominent characters who are narcissistic and can show us where narcissism goes are the outcomes of where narcissism takes us, but is also the main factor that is pushing against Harry this entire year at school. So I thought that was all very, very entertaining. And I wanted to definitely share that for sure when we got into this chapter. Because it it, it yeah, shows how great. it shows not only something that's going against Harry, but it also shows showing how important some of these characters like Gilderoy Lockhart are and need to be d- dived into during in the TV show to have the impact that it did in the book. And the pages that James is referring to is pages fifty two and fifty three of the unofficial Harry Potter companion presented by Alohomora. Correct. Which are, like James has said, great books. Most definitely. Yeah, James, thanks for sharing that super interesting perspective on how it manifests differently for different characters. Yeah. I hope that that can come through in the show somehow. Yeah. Yep. I I agreed to that too. Because it it just goes to show you that there's things that the movies didn't get to explore, but we, we can explore these in the TV show way more effectively knowing the importance of these characters. It's like Gilroy Lockhart wasn't just thrown in there for comic relief. He was thrown in there for a way of being able to mirror what Harry could have possibly done to react to the events that are happening to him. These events aren't just happening to him. They're, they're purposeful. They're purposefully written to show that he is doing what Tom and Gilderoy couldn't do. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why he's the hero. Yep. Okay. Um, James, anything else you want to touch on before Meigs dives into her lightning no, round? No, I'm, I'm waiting for Meigs' lightning round. I want to hear what okay. she has to say. All you, Meigs. Okay, cool. Um, okay, my first one is such a quick turnaround between receiving class schedule and then starting class. It, they, they like woke up for their first day and didn't even know what they were, what classes they had. And then McGonagall passed around Mm -hmm. the class schedules and then they go right to class. I mean, that just seems like such a quick turnaround. Um, 
So I just thought that that was interesting. It's like the opposite of detention. Detention takes like 10 years <laughs> for them to actually go to detention. But so. Which in the book or yeah. the movies, we don't even have an idea of what the detention is yet. No. 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 It's so weird. <laughs> um, so weird. And we already talked about the teachers being annoyed by, or just more of the Lockhart situation. But I really want to see more of the teachers being like, Yes, Super Professor with Sprout. Him. Um, yeah, that yeah. what you just said reminds me how you want the side show or whatever of the teachers' lounge, and I just want a scene yes. of the teachers' lounge just complaining yes. about Gilroy Lockhart. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be so good. Yeah, I didn't even write that down, but yeah, that's what I want. Um, okay, the what I thought was interesting and would be. Okay, so if we do a spinoff series for Herbology specifically, the difference in danger between the greenhouse numbers. So she's like, oh, we're going into greenhouse three today. And they were all like, ooh, greenhouse three. Like, we've never been in that one before. And so that would be really interesting. Or like a mini series or something. Or just like a, what are the, um, like the Marvel one shots? Like something yes. like that. Of what what's in the different greenhouses. Oh my God. Okay. You know, it would be so good is if it was funny obviously that's what i'm gonna go with and um professor sprout like they're like interviewing whoever you know the camera crew is like interviewing professor sprout to like talk about all of the different plants and creatures that are in the greenhouses and she's like so she's like okay in greenhouse one and then she like takes us through what the plants are and is like totally nerding out about what they do (laughs) and it'd be funny if she had like some little little helpers like if Neville was helping her or something as she's doing the interview and then she like goes through the different greenhouses and talks about them okay that's a dream of mine so hopefully that'll happen um and I love it the okay and then when um Colin Creevy was talking about a potion to make the photos move during development Mm -hmm. I thought I think that's really interesting to like what is that potion and then there's like got to be so many potions like that that we kind of almost like we take for granted like we're just like that's just a part of the wizarding world that that happens but kind of like the science of how you know quote unquote regular things exist in the wizarding world like what are the like normal day-to-day potions that or charms or whatever that like well, if we did the the Diagon Alley spinoff series that I'm hoping for desperately, that could be part of it. There's got to be like some type of photography or something like somebody who paints the pictures and then has to make them move or whatever. There's got to be something in Diagon Alley to do with that. And so whoever this, you know, shop owner is will definitely make I'll make sure that they're featured since I'm going to be a part of planning this show out. So anyways, I just. Those are some things that I thought were interesting that are like definitely not in the film. Like that's something that they're for mm-hmm. sure not. None of these are on their radar and we'll see if any of this shows up in the TV show. But things that I just think are really interesting um, about the wizarding world, you know, that we don't really get a whole lot of background on. And what's funny is that that didn't take like a lot of time to put in the book. It was like, that's like no. a world building thing. Like when I read it, I was like, oh, I completely forgot that that was a thing. Like to me, it made sense that there was a way to make pictures and paintings move, but I didn't realize it was a potion. Uh, And so like, I'm sure everybody thinks when watching the movies, like there's probably some magic that they do, but like having that be explained, oh, I learned how to make the pictures move. It was just, you know, you just have to apply a little potion cool that adds like an element of world building and it didn't take like 30 seconds it took like three uh and it's like it it adds a little bit more depth and realism to the world because we're beginning to like understand how things are working which i think is really important when when you're experiencing an event like this is it it, it, it helps kind of bring that realism there and it kind of makes it a little bit more believable and what the characters are going through, et cetera, et cetera. Is that it for your lightning round? Uh, yeah, actually it is. Um, Cause the rest of my, the rest of the things I wrote down, I'm going to wrap up into a little peeves bundle. Ah, peeves bundle. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. 
<laughs> All right. Well, then, without further ado, let's dive into our peeves pleasure. And James, we'll start with you as always. What did I like about the adaptation this time around? Um, I don't know what it is about it, but the mandrake scene always gets me. It's 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 just <laughs> cute. It's <laughs> it's just a cute little thing. I I don't know if it's just like because it feels like it had it. I don't know if it's because it feels like it has like no like important stakes into it. Like I know they introduced the mandrake so that we understand what a mandrake is when we figure out how to resolve uh, petrification. Uh, so that when they say, "Oh, Pomona has a bunch of mandrakes, like young mandrakes that are about ready to go," like we now know what those are, and so like mm-hmm. it was just a story little element. I, but other than that, it gave room for us to kind of understand how the world works, and like it gave room to like how how like how a day to day event might go for for students at Hogwarts, and so we don't get a lot of those in the movies. And so every time when one of those do pop up, uh, they're enjoyable and yeah, they're short, but like they're enjoyable and it gets us to like, know the characters a little bit. Like I laughed when Malfoy gets his finger bitten because he's like trying to like do the little thing with the chin on the baby Mandrake. Mm-hmm. And he did like, it bites his finger and he's like, Oh, dumb Mandrake. And, like does his like little Malfoy pout and like Neville passes out because classic Neville and like it just which I don't think he does in the book right Neville doesn't pass out in the book that's like the only thing they added into that thing poor Neville he's always getting picked on but anyways like I I enjoyed that immensely so I think out of the adaptation that was probably my my greatest enjoyment that will be my pleasure um, I think that just, I mean, to be boring and vague in general, I think just what they, what they did keep in, what they did keep close to the book, I think they did a great job. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the Lockhart, um, class, like that adaptation, as we talked about, that was good. And the herbology, um, like what they did keep accurate was good and everything. So just in general, they did a good job of you know, creating a good TV show scene with what they did keep in. I agree. I liked the Mandrake scene. I liked the design of the Mandrakes themselves. I thought that was a really cool design. Well, that reminds me real quick. I think the Howler um, design and the CGI and stuff for it was really, really good. Yes. That's very interesting. We didn't talk about the Howler as much as I thought we originally were going to. But no, that's okay. I do like the Howler. I think it was really good. Well, I think it was good. Yeah. There's nothing. It was It was fine. Like, there was nothing that yeah. stood out about that scene, you know, for us to really dive into yeah. compared to Definitely. the other stuff that we did talk about. I just find it very interesting. <laughs> All right. So, James, what is your peeves? Oh, peeves. The thing I'm probably most annoyed with is... I don't know, just learning about how Gilderoy Lockhart didn't get to have as much of a prominent role compared to all the other Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers. Like, I'm not even going to bring up the seventh book, Dark Arts Teacher, because we don't get a lot with that guy anyways, because Harry's not in school. So, like, that one makes sense. But, like, all the other ones have important roles and effects on Harry's life and so did Gilderoy. And so, like, the fact that Gilderoy didn't get to have that effect on Harry's life, but all the other people did in the adaptations, kind of makes me upset. And I'm kind of just like, that's, that's kind of a low blow, guys. Like, why why would you do that to to everybody? Like, why? But I, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind it. I don't, I don't know if it was just something they overlooked. But it's kind of upsetting to know that they were like, oh, Lupin and Moody and Dolores Umbridge and Snape all have a prominent impact on Harry during these years. So we got to make sure that he has time to interact with them and bond with them or um, mesh with them or interact with them as much as possible kind of scenario. But Gilderoy Lockhart, detention. That's it. Oh, and the very end of the movie, because that's because what that's what the book says. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So yeah. after making that connection, I was kind of just like, 
because it was something I didn't think about before. I was like, I'm not upset about it. Like it never bothered me until I made that connection just recently. And I was just like, Nope, now it bothers me. Great. Just ruined it for me. (laughs) My uh, peeve was originally the lack of Lockhart, but I knew that we were all going to say that and we've already talked about it. So to be controversial, um, my peeve is also the herbology <laughs> scene. I didn't really like it. <laughs> and the Colin Creepy scene, I didn't really like that either. Um, I thought it was fine. It served its purpose. But I... Uh, it's just one of those, like, in the herbology scene, they, like, added in little things to, like, make it more slapstick funny. And then, like took out things that were already written for the scene. Like it was already there. Like she already had a full scene. So let me interrupt here because I I crossed out because I already said my peeve and I added something from the scene. That was my peeve. And I am so surprised you didn't mention it earlier. The pink earmuffs. Everybody like yeah. rushed to avoid getting the pink earmuffs. Yeah. And I thought that was so funny. And um, I just double checked the – scene real quick and like there's no pink earmuffs they are they're all like a standard issue style of earmuff which they do look good in the scene they -hmm. look like they're made from some magical creature fur but i would have loved to see much like in the half-blood prince book ron and harry i mean the film ron and harry are fighting over the potions book Mm. um Mm -hmm. i would like to see that sort of scuffle fighting over not getting the pink earmuffs. Although I think Lavender and yeah. Pavarti no, would I, probably yeah, love pink I earmuffs. agree that little things like that are so – they're written so well and they would mm-hmm. make such a great adaptation. You know, like it that would translate in a great way yeah. on a screen. Um, and so it's just like a bummer when they take things like that out and then they add in other things and I'm just like – it's fine. Like it was fine. It wasn't a bad scene at all. But when you look at it as an adaptation, it's just like, why? Why? Like it was already written out for you. And so I've never liked the herbology scene as a whole, um, as an adaptation and the Colin Creevy scene. I absolutely do not like that as an adaptation. Again, the kid who plays Colin Creevy does a great job. They slipped it into the film just fine. It like fits in well, I think. Um, the interaction between Harry and Ron and Colin, like, it's fine. It's all fine. The pieces are all fine. It just is like, it was, I would have loved to see Colin like earlier, you know, when he actually does show up, I just would have liked to see a closer adaptation. Cause again, I, I thought it was written out just fine to have a good adaptation to be on screen. I definitely want to see him asking for the photo, asking to sign it, and then Gilderoy or Draco being like, sign photos, and then Gilderoy coming over and making a big ordeal out of it. I want to see that whole interaction. (laughs) Harry Potter signing photos. (laughs) All right. So, um, again, I I switched mine to the pink ear of muffs. So, with that, James, what is your salute? My Weasley salute is i don't know i guess i should have saved my thing for last the thing i said before like i got super excited just to like say it and i said it but like i think that really is just it just the saluting the fact that gilderoy lockhart has a has a bigger part in the book and like how it kind of serves a really big purpose in like the definition of narcissism and like where it can get you and how how people treat like treat you because, like, I mean, the teachers don't like Gilderoy at all because of how Narn's not like, like, they, they, it's easy for them to tell. But I should have saved it for my Weasley salute because I don't think I can top that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was a really fascinating was, tidbit. Uh, yeah, it was a really fascinating tidbit. I, I don't think there was anything else that like, I can, like, say that was, like, the greatest part of, like, the entire overall thing. So. I'll claim that as it and then like next time think about that ahead of time <laughs> before I maybe like say my tidbits, but all right, Meigs. Lockhart's acting and Sprout's acting. I thought that they did such a good job 
Um, very different, obviously, Lockhart and Sprout are super different characters, but both of them, I feel like, were just exactly what I was picturing when I was reading the books. And um, they just like kept it going anytime that they were, they had any dialogue or anything. So um, I thought they did a fantastic job. Well, I don't think I would be a true Hufflepuff if I didn't salute Justin Finch Fletchley. Way to be loyal. Oh, that's what we're all about. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you everyone for causing havoc with us today. Next time, we will be discussing Chapter 7, Mudbloods and Murmurs. This is minutes 38, 33 to 48, 15, if you're watching along with us. James, where can everybody find you? People can find me at James M. Beltran at TikTok or Instagram. Uh, and then to kind of just see what else I'm up to over there. And people can find me, Meigs, on mainly Instagram at Megan, M-E-G-A-N underscore Lachowski, L-A-C-H-O-W-S-K-I. And then you can find all my other projects from there. And you can find me, Saturday, on Instagram at Captain.McD. That's M-C-D-E-E. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Peeves' Gap Fest. Ickle Firsties, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen and please 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 leave a five-star review if you're as mischievous as we are please consider joining our patreon at www.patreon.com slash if you have any feedback leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378 that's 409-GABFEST or email us at peevesisgabfest at gmail.com also, please come join the discussion in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Until next time, Nickel Firsties. <laughs>